This is episode 23 of the Conversations Podcast with Lyle and Allison. What's up, Allie? Not much. We uh, are just winding down for our evening, cleaned up the house, put the kids to bed. Early. Early. We put them to bed early. Very early tonight. Um, Isaiah did not have a nap today. Yeah, he so. missed his nap, so he was ready to go to bed around 7. We took advantage and put both kids in the bed early, yep. which is always nice for it's us. kind of nice. We get to hang out a little more. Spend a little bit more time together. Yeah. What are you up to? Uh, well. Anything I, new? You know, we had a wild day today. You know, we unfortunately... Um, Went to an event that are never, it's never a fun event. Yeah. You know, um, a child in our church uh, passed away. Yeah. Named Wyatt. Very sweet uh, boy. He was probably about, what? Four and a half months. Four and a half months old. Yeah, very, very tragic situation. So we had the privilege, the honor of being a part of his homegoing celebration today. And, you know, that's always tough. It's a little tough. When that happens. Um, because you never, never, never should have to bury a child. I no. mean, that's, that is really intense. And so, you know, when I'm in experiences like funerals, um, also when I'm in experiences like weddings, mm. I'm reminded of the things in my life that are really the most important. Absolutely. And I was reminded of that today. And uh, what's interesting is that um, it takes events like that for most of us to be reminded of what really matters, which I think is pretty sad. It is a little sad. I've been thinking about that. I've been thinking about that a lot. I mean, what do you find so heartbreaking about that? I think that most of us care about a bunch of stuff that doesn't matter. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, just to be honest, like, I think that most of what we care about, yeah, probably 90 plus percent of it doesn't really matter. Right. And I, I, I mean, like, I imagine mean, when somebody gets sick, right? Somebody gets cancer. Somebody has a parent get cancer. Somebody's health goes bad. They have a scare with a child, something like that. It's like it's in those moments Mm. that life um, changes so drastically, not just because you have someone in your family who's sick, but because what you value changes so drastically. Yeah, it really does. You start to emphasize what is really important, and then unfortunately, you know, once they recover, once they come back, once the child recovers, then you're right back to the old way of doing life focusing on the 90% that doesn't matter right. rather than focusing 90% of your attention on the things that do matter yeah. like your family That's like so your true. kids like your parents like your relationships like your faith like your love yep. for Jesus you know like your devotion to prayer and yep. to the bible things of that sort that's what i see you know um that is great about situations yeah. in of 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 mourning and pain and also what is so unfortunate yeah. aside from losing a dear yeah. member of your family. So I mean, true. Those are some things. Those are some thoughts that I've been having. And I've, I've been trying myself in this last little bit, this last season, to 
remember something that may seem morbid, mm. which is uh, a little funny. Mm. My mom and I were having a conversation <laughs> the other day. I was in L.A., and I was um, chatting on the phone with her. It was so confusing. I was trying to get my rental car back to the place, and um, it was supposed to be a 45-minute drive, 18 miles. It took me two <laughs> hours. Sounds like L.A. That's L.A. for you. <laughs> <laughs> for all of you guys who live out there on the West Coast, sorry, um, man, for the traffic. I don't, I don't know how you guys do it. Okay, it's the weather. That's how they do well, it. Well, yeah, that's a good point. So, so I'm talking to my mom, and uh, she and I are talking about just going through tough times. Mm. You know, when you're engaged in something, and you go through tough times, and you feel like you want to quit, right? Which happens to all of us, absolutely. Um, and I said, Mom, you know what I've been thinking mm. about recently is the fact that we're all going to die someday. Mm. And, and you know, <laughs> she was like, what? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I mean, we're all going to die someday. And if we remember that fact, then we'll live for legacy yeah. and not live for dumb stuff. Totally. You know, the 90% of things that we tend to focus on that doesn't make any sense, right. doesn't really have much value, especially in terms of our legacy, our family, yeah. our faith. You know, the things that we worry about, things that we focus on, things we're upset about. So, um, but I think it's important to remember. I um, I can't remember. Someone, there was a saying, and I'm definitely going to get this wrong. I'll try to look <laughs> it up and include it in the show notes. But, and it may have been Steve Jobs mm. or somebody famous like that. But they, they basically said, like, if two or three days go by and, and, um, and, and you, and you're not living your life in a way that you'd be proud of mm. if you passed away that same week. Right. You need to reevaluate how you're living your wow. life. Wow. And I th that's, I mean, that's interesting. So it is interesting. Not to go off on this tangent, but, but you I said. But I think it's important. What have What's been, new? What have what I been have thinking been about? I, I have been thinking a lot about that because that's where I find myself right now in this season as we are uh, growing and building yeah. and pioneering, not just as a church, but also as a young family. Yeah. So. Exactly. I've been I've been thinking about that, and so today's events um, served as a reminder of that yeah. for me. How How about you? What's on your heart this past week? Um, you know what? Nothing. Nothing incredibly uh, new or different. I got to spend most of this last week um, with our kids. Um, just me, Lyle's traveling this week, and I'm always reminded when you travel of the strength of parents and so you know when Lyle travels I'm by myself well that's not necessarily true because my mom my mom lives in the same neighborhood as me but um she's not retired yet so she works and so most of the day I'm by myself with our kiddos and I work usually while you're gone and you know right. what this week was one of those weeks where I fell into a rhythm and both kids were sleeping well. They behaved beautifully. And I remembered like, you know what? There are so many things that I don't get to do when you travel, but there right. are things that I do get to do. And that is spend a lot of quality time with our kids. And they always seem like really happy that I get to do that. So I, I think they love that. They really I know do. they love that whenever, um, well, Isaiah, at least, when you went out of town yeah. to watch your sister get engaged and be a part of that, Isaiah and I spent so much time together, and that was really fun. And he I loves liked that. it. 
Yeah, that was great. So I feel like I, I love seeing my kids just come alive with quality time and getting to spend so much time together. So I don't know. So that that was kind of the highlight of my last week, getting to spend time with them so intentionally. Amazing. Awesome, awesome week. Yep. Uh, yeah, really great week in L.A., which brings us to our topic today. Yes, it does. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about <laughs> prophecy. So, um, sometimes, let me reveal a little BTS to you guys. All right. Behind the scenes. Behind the, I was like, BTS. BTS, okay. behind the scenes. People are using that now. I didn't know about it until we did Legacy Sessions. And yeah. Someone uh, told me what it was. BTS. And BTS. I was like, what's that? What is that? <laughs> behind the scenes. So, anyway, behind the scenes, um, Allison and I usually try and talk a little bit about what our topic is, and we even... Typically, we'll write down a few questions like, you know, what questions would we have regarding this subject and how might we address those questions? Yep. We didn't do that tonight. No, we didn't. We didn't do that. We're just we're just going off the cuff. We're going crazy over here talking about (laughs) prophecy. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah. So there are so many different expressions of prophecy, um, many of which, um, you know, we could easily spend. 20 30 minutes talking yeah. about each expression especially yep. even as of late yeah. i feel like there's new expressions of being prophetic kind of crazy that have, that have uh yeah come forward and uh but what we want to talk about really is prophetic words yep maybe prophetic words yeah. is a better way of saying it yeah what happens when god speaks about you through someone else right when they prophesy over you and they give you a prophetic word they're telling you something that God thinks or feels about you or yep. something that God says about you. And that might be about your, like about you, yeah. about your character, about your heart, about your thoughts, about your destiny, about your promises, about things that you've already heard from God before about your future uh, or about your present. And so, you know, maybe it might be a good idea just to I don't know if that's enough definition for everyone. What do you think? I mean, I don't know how well-versed our listeners might be in understanding prophecy. Yeah, I I think prophecy, at least for some of my friends in this last season, as I've been building new and um, dynamic, safe friendships, they've asked me a lot of questions about the prophetic, um, about prophetic words. Right. And I I would say that there's probably a lot of um, maybe fear right surrounding right some of the you know prophetic i don't know that's just been my experience with other people could we define it as this what god says about you through other people totally let's just define it as i think that's great prophetic words what god says about you through other people (laughs) i wanted to make it epic that was awesome so um yeah, so prophetic words. I agree. So It seems like there's a lot of fear attached fear. to prophetic words. What do you think that fear is all about? I think people are afraid of getting like um, maybe like some of their secret hidden sin like brought yeah. out into the light in a very public setting. That makes sense. I was always afraid of that as a kid. 
Yeah. And whenever a prophet or someone who prophesied <laughs> often like that came to our church, I just wouldn't look at them in the eyes. You're like, they're going to tell me all the no things I've done wrong. No eye contact. And yeah, so I think at least some of my friends uh, have been admittedly like very afraid of the right. prophetic because it's either been, um, you know, kind of painted in a light that's that's like your sin's going to get on blast, you know, or maybe they're going to tell you to sell all of your belongings and go move to the middle of (laughs) Africa. Right. So, I mean, there's just a lot of like, yeah, there's a lot of fear or, you know, just, yeah, mostly fear. Right. I've experienced. And that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, I would say, and you know, it's bad to give a ratio, (laughs) but I feel like (laughs) nine out of 10 times, a prophetic word is definitely not a revelation of your sin. Yeah. <coughs> it's, oh. <laughs> Sorry, we're drinking tea. But I would I would say this, 10 out of 10 times a prophetic word is not humiliating. I would agree with that. You see what I'm saying? Yes. So like, even though there may be a call to repentance. Right. There may be a warning word that is given. Right. It will never be humiliating. It will never be dehumanizing. Right. It will never be degrading. It will never be assaulting because right. that is not the nature of God. And so if prophetic words uh, take place in that spirit, then I think that gives you permission to flush them. Yeah. We or like the term flush. Flush them. Just get As rid of them. And it's just, you know, junk in a toilet. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Flushed. Exactly. So, yeah, with that being said, um, prophetic words are intended, the Bible says, to uplift, Mm -hmm. to encourage, and to build up. And so the spirit in which prophetic words should be communicated is in in a place of encouragement and and building up. So even right. see even if there is a, a sense of hey a call to repentance, um, it's going to come through in a spirit of edification absolutely and and building up. Yes. And so if you are afraid of that, if you are afraid of somebody prophesying over you and um, and tearing you down or ripping yeah. you a new one in public or humiliating yeah. you or shaming you, uh, you can dismiss that fear because right. any time that God is speaking, that will not be the fruit. Right. Because God is love. Absolutely. Yes. That's Prophetic words true. build up, encourage, and uh, they edify. Yeah. It's, it, and if it doesn't, then we pretty much know that it's not, you know, a pre- prophetic word from the heart of, of the Father. What about this? What about, and this may be a little bit unique, but (laughs) if someone, you know, if someone is trying to reveal sin or talk bad about you and they're like, this is a prophetic word and these are all the things that you need to change and this is your sin and, you know, this is how horrible you are. Like, how do you respond to that? Or like, how do you sort through that? Because, because what if what they're saying is not, is, is not untrue? Right. I mean, I think we all have permission to be the gatekeepers of what happens in our hearts and our spirits. And I think as believers practicing really strong, um, prophetic boundaries, like, I I mean, for me, I'd just be like, yeah, I'm going to stop you right there. And you know, uh, that's not what I'm looking for in this season. And I, I know that, it's hard because you want to hear, um, 
you know, what the Lord's saying, but right. I think if anything causes you pain, right. then it, it, then you owe the person, uh, feedback, right? Absolutely. You do. You have to, because there's plenty of that going around. There is. And you know, Satan knows your sin, right? Right. Like he's a great observationist <laughs> of humanity and our behavior. I mean, Tis true. Am I right? Yep. You know, and so what you've done in your past, like if somebody comes up to you and they're like, I'm a prophet, I'm going to reveal what you've done in your past. <laughs> well, that doesn't make them That's a prophet. Funny. That doesn't even right. really make them uh, prophetic uh, biblically in, right. the, in, in the God, Holy Spirit sense. Right. Um, they may be able to reveal your trash, but the role of a prophet is not to... Um, expose your trash the role of a prophet is to bring your treasure absolutely to the light absolutely and and speak of the great things that god has put in you the goodness the righteousness yeah i super agree with that so you know if someone's telling you that they are a prophet and all they ever do is talk about like how bad you are or how bad that you think you are, you need to get rid of that person. Yeah, that's like honestly one of my largest pet peeves um, for us in our church environment. We 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 go after that stuff. Like you mean like legacy? Yeah, gotcha. In our legacy environment, like if I find out that that's happening, if somebody is being um, you know inappropriate with the way that they are sharing their revelation. Right. And that's um, prophetically inappropriate. Yeah. Then I like they're, they're pretty much asked to stop. And if they don't stop, they're asked to find somewhere else to make home Yeah, because we have such a high value for safety in yep. our environment. And we have, you know, this saying at our church, we're not just a ministry, we're a family. family. And so we always try to make space for really safe, you know, safe prophetic, but right. if it's not safe and people choose not to um, be safe. Yep. They got to go. They got to go. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Or yeah. they, they need to be corrected. Yeah. They don't necessarily have to leave in immediately. But if um, if we give you feedback yep. on that and you don't want to hang out. And you continually violate the feedback, then yeah, we just don't have space for that. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I mean, there's a lot, it seems like there's a lot of mystery that surrounds the prophetic. A lot of people yeah. think that you have to be like extraordinarily gifted totally. or set apart and you have to be super special right. to prophesy, but that's not true. Everybody can right. prophesy. Agreed. I feel like even the gift of encouragement can be somewhat, you know, Absolutely. an aspect of the prophetic. Absolutely. It, my pastor taught me the easiest way to prophesy. What's that? Uh, he said, whatever the enemy's telling you, just reverse it. Mm. <laughs> and that's like prophesying over yourself. Too. Yeah, exactly. He's like, this is prophecy 101. Just like whatever the enemy's speaking against you, like if he's coming against you with shame, if he's coming against you with guilt, if he's coming against you with, you know, things that you've done wrong in your past, you just reverse it and prophesy the opposite. And that's prophecy. No, I no, no. That. This is what God's saying. No, I love no. This that. is what. This is the direction that God's leading me. This is the direction that God's taking me. That's amazing. Uh, you're saying I'm not good enough, so I'm I'm proclaiming and I'm prophesying that I am good enough <laughs> because God has made me good enough. That's awesome. That's a word for somebody. Yeah, I think so. The reason why we're talking about prophetic words, you guys, is because this week, uh, while I was in L.A., um, you know, I had the opportunity to receive some prophetic ministry from some real life real deal prophets right? absolutely yes yeah, some really really cool prophets um 
so so yeah, this week um, I was at this thing called Love Coalition, and um, it's it, it happens every year in L.A., and it's an invitation-only gathering of young leaders, so I feel super privileged to be a part, and it's led by Sean and Cherie Bowles, and they're amazing. They really are and top Absolutely notch. incredible, and Sean is, Sean is a prophet. Sean is an mm-hmm. office prophet. Yes, he is. And probably one of the <laughs> most accurate prophets um, of our generation. Yeah, it's yeah. actually spectacular to be a part of... Um, any sort of prophetic moment with Sean. There's uh, very few experiences in my life around um, ministers that I feel so much love. Yeah, absolutely. You know, oozing from absolutely. a person. Absolutely. And uh, what I'm going to do, I'm going to hunt down a Sean Bowles uh, like YouTube video or something mm. like that and see if I can find the audio from That's it. That's a great idea. And play it for you guys on the podcast just so that you can get an idea of what his ministry is like. This is either really God or it's not. And it's okay because I'll try other stuff too, but I have to start with this. Please let this mean something to somebody, God. Polka duck. Polka duck. You're raising your hand. What does it mean? No! This is real. Like, for real, for real. Polka, like the dance, duck. You have a business named Polka Duck. Wow. I told you, Rory, it was going to be a weird one, and that worked. Thank you, Jesus, it worked. Do you realize how nerve-wracking it is to say Polka Duck? I mean... I mean, it's a cute name, but I would have never thought anything with polka duck would be in this room tonight. <laughs> is polka in Australia even as a dance? I mean, it's like such a, oh, okay, you guys have polka. Like, we in L.A., no one's heard of polka. I mean, it's like, wow, it's such a Polish thing. That's amazing. And, um, okay, wait, come all the way to the front. And if you have family with you, bring them with you. Yeah, everyone can sit down for a minute. I want her to come to the front. Um, This is so cool. God knew you were going to be here. Polka duck. I'm just going to grab your hand because I'm nervous and I need to pray for you. Holy Spirit, come. (laughs) You guys are such a renaissance couple. You're such a renaissance. Man, you guys are so creative. And this has to be like a creative, like clothing and uh, like uh, sweaters or maybe uh, scarves or something and shoes and things like that. Does that make sense? And, uh, and, uh, I'm seeing Etsy. My wife loves Etsy. Is it on Etsy? Can we get your stuff on? Everyone go to Polka Duck. Where, um, is it literally Polka and then D-U-C-K? Okay, so remember that because I feel like the Lord loves this business more than you do. And he's promoting it. And there's going to be a new installment of Grace and Favor that's going to take it outside of an Etsy shop. He says there's retail space for this business. There's place for this business. And it's going to help provide for these three little girls, is it three little girls and a boy? So these three girls and a boy, and, and this is going to help provide. And the Lord says that you're, you're, you must be like, are you Matthew? So the Lord says you've been mining for gold, but you got salt. What does that mean? Other business, yeah. There are other, what, is, what do you mean it's your other business? What does that mean? Salt mining industries. Salt mining industries. Also, uh, Gary Morgan was there. Yep, who... A prophet. <laughs> who's also a prophet, who's incredible. Amazing. And uh, he was getting a lot of really accurate words for people. And then also, um, 
Kale Mumby, my friend, Kale Mumby, he was there. Um, awesome guy. He's yep. also a prophet. And then uh, Jamie Galloway. Yes. Also a prophet. Amazing. He and his wife, Emily, uh, come to our church every now and then uh, when they're in town. Yep. Because um, Jamie travels. Yep. Uh, full time as an itinerant prophet. And then lastly, here's here's another prophet. And some of you guys have probably never heard of him, but he is so cool. Yeah. His name is Julian yep. Adams. And uh, he's an Indian man. Mm-hmm. And he he lives in uh, Durban, yeah. South Africa, yeah. I believe. And he was actually the one who prophesied over me. Yep. And I want to play uh, some of that prophetic word uh, for you guys. For you in um, just very poor context, I saw you in nations that were very broken, very hurting. And I saw you pioneering. I saw an army of young men and women following you. And it was like there's something in you for the raw and the real. There's something in you for justice and mercy. There's something in you about fathering the orphans, the broken. And you've had to lay it down for a season. You've had to put it down in order to do the respectable thing, in order to build in a respectable way. But I feel like God's sake, I've not called you to be respectable. I've not called you to be predictable. And it's like there's this uh, tension in your heart with the wild and the strategic. And God says, I've called you to be strategically wild <laughs> and it's like you've been living in this tension and it's actually it's called such a frustration and a boredom in you because you've got bored with first world comfort you've got bored with uh, that which is so predictable things run on time and God says I'm calling you back to a place where you're gonna begin to release a reckless anointing upon a generation to go into some places that are dangerous, to go into some places that are hard. Because God says, I'm going to use you like um, people who get parachuted into particular areas in order to bring significant change. Wow, God says, wow, wow, wow. I'm calling you to pick up your traveler's card again. I'm calling you to pick up um, the ability to move, the ability to go into places for this season will not be you doing it alone. This season you will take teams. This season you will take men and women that will be blasted into areas and establish new ways of doing things. And I feel like even for your own city, the Lord says to you, I'm calling you to come into a whole new open space. And it's like there's this thing that's been happening in your heart around how do we build this church in such a way as to be attractive to the last, but uh, fully uh, filled with the, the purposes in the kingdom of God. And I feel like God's saying to you, I'm not calling you to walk the line of balance. I'm calling you to walk the line of passion. And God is unlocking in you an an apostolic insight to strategically release passionate people who will not only engage with culture but will change culture. There's something of that kind of artisanal anointing that began to break out about 10, 15 years and it shifted um, the way we do things across the earth that is on you. So it was insane. (laughs) <laughs> to hear some someone say something like this it's about me because he doesn't know me from Adam. Yeah, he doesn't he, know he, you barely at all. He doesn't yeah, I mean I've seen him before right. and I've met him before and so you know there is that but he doesn't know anything about my story. Yep. Nothing about my past. And then um also Amy Ward. Yes. Um who is a part of Fire and Fragrance. I and I'm obsessed with her. We're obsessed with yeah. Amy Ward. Uh <laughs> she's also an amazing prophetess. Yeah. And uh, I know she came up under Cindy Jacobs, yep. who's also a prophetess. Yep. And she sings prophetic words, yep. which is amazing. 
So I'll play some of that for you guys also. You know, having someone prophesy over to you with words and having someone prophesy over to you in over you in song, mm. man, it just takes it up a notch. It really does. It's so powerful. It is. You know, someone sings over you. I mean, when somebody spends the time to hear, you know, how God feels about you. Yeah. There is something so selfless about that. It's so true. So, so true. You know, the prophetic Amy's is Amy's one beautiful. of the most selfless yeah. prophets, uh, for sure. Absolutely. And you feel that when you're around somebody who is genuinely prophetic, mm-hmm. that they are passionate about mm-hmm. hearing the voice of the Lord, um, you know, about other people. It's yes. just special. Yes. They're amazing. Yep. And all of the people that we listed. All of the prophetic people that yeah. we listed. Absolutely we love incredible. and we trust. We love them and we trust them. And <laughs> we would encourage you guys to check them out yep. on YouTube and check check them out on Facebook and Instagram. And, yep. and uh, if you get a chance to be somewhere that they are, you should definitely go, go and be a part <laughs> yeah. of it. And, you know, God might, might have yeah. a word for you. Yeah. So um, let, let's make this personal real okay. quick. And and I just want to ask you, yeah. do you receive prophetic words for people? And if so, how do they come through and how do you share them? That's a great, um, that's a great question. Yes, I have and do receive prophetic words for people. Mm. Um, I, th- I think in my experience... The Lord oftentimes shifts the way he speaks to me in certain seasons. Um, and in this season, I experience, um, you know, words for people most often in my nighttime. Um, so I'll have dreams about people. I will have dreams about situations. And I'll wake up the next morning. I'll tell Lyle about them. Right. And we'll text people and sure enough, you know, situations are happening in the way that I saw them. Um, And sometimes we don't. Sometimes we just pray Mm -hmm. and we, uh, you know, together we talk about them or I'll pray about uh, those situations alone um, or I'll share them with Mm -hmm. those people. But yeah, that's kind of the, that's what's happening most often for me right now. In the past, I've experienced it in worship where I'll see pictures or I'll have experiences with um, like almost like my mind is wandering. Mm-hmm. You know, my mind is wandering to a mm-hmm. different thought and I'll find myself deep in a different thought. Right. And then I'll come back, you know, to whatever experience I'm in, in worship or in the message or just hanging out with friends mm-hmm. and I'll recognize, oh, like I was having a, a you know, a bunny trail. Right, right, right of thoughts about this person and I'll, I'll do my best to ask them about it, but that's kind of 
how, how I experience it. But yeah, I totally do. Um, experience receiving prophetic words and have the opportunity to share them. Yeah. You know, it's important to point out. I think that what you said about recognizing that you're receiving a prophetic word, mm-hmm. um, by understanding that you're having some unique thoughts. Yes. And, um, I would say that when God speaks to us, one of the easiest ways to recognize it is that it is a spontaneous thought that occurs upon the mind. Yeah. And you just fact check it real quick. Totally. You say, does this sound like God? Is it encouraging? Yeah. Is it uplifting? Yeah. Is it, is it loving? Yeah. Is it kind? What's the fruit of this? Does it bring joy? Does it bring encouragement? Um, does it align with the Bible? Yeah. Is it beautiful? Is it beautiful? And that's probably one of the easiest ways to fact check anything. You know, is it beautiful? beautiful? And, and and we do that often, but yeah, that's one way that, that we, um, listen to God and recognize because oftentimes, like you said, when God speaks to us, it's, it's almost like this thought from nowhere. Or, or as one, as I think one mystic said, I thought from elsewhere. Mm. So, yeah, that's, so for me, I, I like that. I, so I receive prophetic words. Yes. Two ways. Um, I do get dreams from yep. time to time, but those dreams are rarely about other people, almost always <laughs> about myself. So I don't, those I don't. soul dreams that just help you figure out you. That's for me. Those are mostly my dreams. Um, I will sometimes get words in the middle of the night, yeah. but that's rare um, for other people. Most of the ways that I receive words is is usually two two ways. One, if I lay hands on somebody, yeah. I tend to get pictures. Right. Um, so I get visuals. I get impressions upon my mind, like like in the form of pictures. pictures. Yeah, just like in in my mind. Okay. You know, sort of in my mind's eye, okay, I that see makes a picture of something, a scene, So like scene, if you close your eyes. An event. And like imagine a, you know, yellow house. Sure. Like that's kind of where you see it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, and that, interestingly enough, usually occurs when I lay my hands on someone. Hmm. So if I take someone's hand, if I put my hand on their shoulder and I close my eyes and begin to pray for them. Right. Sometimes I will get pictures. Now, I say that first because that is more rare than the second way that I receive prophetic words, which is typically one or two words. Yeah. It's usually never a full sentence. But here's the thing is that a lot of times, and you may be like this as well, whenever God speaks to me in a prophetic word for somebody else, one or two words is all he gives me. Hmm. But once I share those one or two words, it's like those one or two words was the cracking open of a faucet. And so then I just share a continual stream of thoughts that I have, and I just kind of get into a prophetic flow, if you will. Yeah. And it continues on and continues on and continues on until that faucet just tightens up. Wow. And I just kind of sense that, okay, that's it. That's what I was supposed to say to this person. And. You know, honestly, that takes practice. It's yeah. not something that you just do overnight at length. Um, but where you start is with those one or two words. Absolutely. And, and um, yeah, and so just to segue into that, 
you know, we've shared obviously how yeah. we hear and how we see and how we receive prophetic words. But you don't have to hear or see in that same way no, to give a prophetic word. Certainly not. You may not ha- you may not lay hands on somebody. You may be just reading the Bible. Yep. And you think and you see a scripture that's encouraging and you say, Man, I know who needs to hear that. That is a super va- like that's super a, valid that's way. That's an easy way to prophesy it and is, get your start. Because you know it's truth. Yep. You know it's love. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, could, could we cover this real quick? Because, you know, I know we've played some clips and everything, and so the podcast yeah. will be longer. But um, I, I just want to cover one thing about yes, prophecy that I, that I find to be very interesting. You know, a lot of people say they have the gift of discernment, mm. you know. And uh, interestingly enough, uh, I don't there's no I don't have any huge objections to that phrase the gift of discernment although it's it's not necessarily biblical right uh because it's not a gift of discernment right the gift of the discerning of spirits right right um and so one of the things i want to say about discernment because i'm fine with all that language is that discernment is not suspicion totally you know what i mean and so i think a lot of times that what people call prophecy is suspicion yes you know and they'll say well you know um i walked into this guy's house i looked over at his you know his coffee table he had a beer sitting there and then you know all of a sudden i've got a prophetic word about how he's struggling with alcohol (laughs) you know what i'm saying like Like, no you probably should just ask him like hey man yeah are you you how you doing how are you doing yeah Exactly. You know, if he's got a bunch of beer cans everywhere, but you know, I just, I just think that that's something that I'm a little tired of Mm. is, you know, hearing people defend bad prophetic words. Absolutely. uh, By saying I have discernment. Yeah. If it's not encouraging. Could high five you. If it's not loving. Yeah. If it doesn't exhort. Yep. If it doesn't build up. If it's not loving. Yep. Then it's not prophetic. It's not prophetic. It doesn't line up with the Bible. You know, if it doesn't line up with the spirit of Christ, yes, then it's not prophetic. Yep. And I think it's I think it's really sad that people are using their quote unquote gift of yeah. discernment to really just be suspicious. Yeah. And and not really be brave or courageous in asking people right. you know, what's really going on or confront and you know, critique and they're using people. you know, they're hiding underneath a spiritual guys to yeah take care they're, they're, of practical spiritualizing issues. their dysfunction totally and i'm sure that we've all met people like that and they seem to be really hyper spiritual on the surface but really their spirituality is is a cover-up uh for their dysfunction exactly and because they derive so much value from being a spiritual person or being an anointed person or one of the most spiritual people in the room right then you know they use language like well i just have the gift of discernment right and they they say things like that to um i don't i don't i don't know the right language to use but sort of validate their rejection Mm. you know what i mean right people are pushing me away and it's just because i'm so anointed i'm so prophetic and i say the things that they don't want to hear right but really they're just dysfunctional and they're suspicious and they're mean yeah and they're not kind yeah and they're not really loving Mm. and it's very unfortunate that people are hiding behind what they think is a prophetic gift which is really just a real lack of practical self-awareness yeah. and, just and emotional intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I rest my case with that's that. That's good, but so, it's real because I think that's where some of this maybe prophetic fear comes into play with even some of like my personal friends that yeah. have had that experience. Prophets don't have to be weird. Right. Prophets don't have to be mean. Yep. Prophets don't have to be scary. Yep. They can be regular, normal people just like you and I, just like anybody listening to yeah. this episode 23 podcast. Yep. And so as we're leaving you guys today, I just want to leave you with a challenge. I want to leave you with the challenge of prophesying to one person. Yeah. One person is is what I'm going to ask you to do. Text somebody right now. Find somebody in your in your phone book that you can prophesy over and um, send them a message of encouragement. Yep. And even if that's just getting a scripture, um, you know, just or something you have been thinking about or praying into for somebody, share that with them. Because as long as it's encouraging and edifying and loving, then they will walk away from that interaction feeling incredibly loved. So. Absolutely. Well, you know what I wanted to do? What? I wanted to read off a review that we've received on our podcast. Cool. And because, you know, we've been asking people, uh, you know, to, to give us ratings and reviews. Yep. All right, guys. So we just wanted to say thank you to TJS1256. He said that I'm going home and everything that doesn't bring joy is out the door. Got a handful of nice ideas from listening. Awesome. (laughs) I love that. Do you remember that? No. You don't remember that? (laughs) Well, that's whenever we reviewed that book, The Joy of Tidying Up. Oh, yeah. The Life Changing Magic of Tidying Up. Yes, that's right. And that was a book that, that you had talked about. And so we had. Um, we hold things and we say, does it bring me joy? And if not, see you later. Right. Awesome. I love that. So we just want to thank you, TJS1256. If you guys can, uh, jump on over to iTunes, rate and review us. And we would love to read out your review uh, next week. We've got 28 five-star ratings. And we would love to receive more from you guys because it helps get us out to new listeners who've never been exposed to the podcast before. So thank you so much for all of your help. We love you dearly, and we look forward to catching up with you again next week. Bless you guys.